welcome back to Therefore Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Megan Martin. I'm Judy Mustang. And it has been a hot minute since we've been here. But um, hopefully we're back on track. Yeah, oh, I, think, I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about like what we were going to talk about today. I almost suggested the topic of like recommitting to things like because sometimes you get like thrown out of your routine and out Life of your happens. and then it like it happens. Yeah. And then you're like way out and it feels like it's too you're too far back out to come back. And that's just not the case. So here we are back again. I'm actually going to put that on the um, like uh, on the, the Facebook page. Guess who's back back again. I like it. And then we'll go from there. But um, so what we did end up talking about or what we ended up deciding that we were going to talk about is witnessing in today's world. So, yeah, I don't know how, um, how everyone else was with that. But for me, that's one of like those uncomfortable conversations. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where like it doesn't necessarily it's not controversial as a Christian, like you're supposed to do this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And and so I know like it's supposed to happen. But we're not always real good about like talking to people who aren't already believers about God, about Christ and all that comes with that. I think there's some people that obviously have a gift of evangelism that seems to be effortless for them. That's true. Um, My dad's that way. Um, And it doesn't matter where he is or, or what he's doing. He has found somebody to talk to Jesus about. Um, Matter of fact, he will actually be down if he hasn't talked to so many Aww. people a week about Jesus. And um, that's... Hasn't met his quota. Yeah, he hasn't met his quota. <laughs> and he will seriously like be um, very distraught that he has not talked to enough people about Jesus. And that's the way he is as long as I've ever known. I could actually very much see that you are probably one of those people who has just this natural ability to like put it out there. Well, I hope so. I, it's not always easy. Um, I think because, you know, the Bible says that the fear of man brings a snare as a trap, you know, and I think probably one of the biggest things that is a, a struggle that we have as Christians is we are so afraid of what somebody else is going to say or think if we're yeah. going to be ridiculed, not accepted, rejected, um, all of these things that we can say are not a big deal, but obviously are a big deal, or we would be doing more of it. It's crazy because, I mean, Jesus told us that they would. Yeah. They'll reject you. They'll mock you. They'll not like you. They'll hate you because of me. That's what he said. And so I don't know why we're surprised by that. No, but or it goes not. against everything inside of us. It does. It goes we against like human nature piece. We want to be loved. We yeah. want to be, you know, well-liked. Um, and he says we're going to be rejected. And so we just don't do it. Yeah. We run away from Never those mind. hard, uncomfortable things. Yeah. I think many times, you know, and the Bible says, he said, when they reject you, it's it's not you that they're rejecting. They're rejecting me. But we take it as a personal hit on on us that it's it's us, you know, getting that arrow of rejection. It's us getting that. And um, I think that's a hard thing to separate when we love the Lord so much. Right. Um, that we just take it so personal and it's very hard. And then, and then I always say it's the strategy of the enemy. Then you don't do it at all. Right. 
And then he's like, well, that was good. That's well, that worked. Yeah. Didn't take much. <laughs> yeah, it usually doesn't, does yeah. it? It's ironic, I guess, in a way that like we put it out there to to people, you know, like once you get up that courage, or you get up that confidence and you and you do that and then you are rejected about that. But it's like even they have a hard time distinguishing between you and your faith. Yeah. And so and I think that's probably true because uh, for for a lot of reasons, but the big one being that if you're a faithful follower of Christ, that is your life is a faithful follower of Christ. And so that means that that has some weight on every decision that you make, every step that you take, everything that you um, are a part of, everything flows through like that filter of being a Christ follower. And so when you put it out to them and you make that offering to them, and that's really what it is, it's an offering to them of of salvation. I mean, it's it's they also feel like there's some sort of judgment piece that comes when we have those conversations, especially if they're not open to having those conversations. But I I don't know. I think that's I think it I think it's kind of, it can be tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that something that we've talked about is just asking the Lord to give us um, you know, those moments with people. And that each week that he would just give us a moment, um, that he would give us the words, that he would direct our conversations, and that um, when he does give us the moment, that we recognize it. Right. And that we have the courage to step <sighs> the into the hardest it. thing. It is. It is because we see it, and then sometimes it passes us by, and, and it's hard to go back <sighs> into that moment. Yeah. Or he'll say, hey, I want you to tell them about me, or stop and go back and talk to that person. Right. Do this for me. Yes. Well, really, we are representing mm-hmm. Jesus we're representing yeah. him um, here on the earth. And, you know, not everybody liked him and what he was bringing. Right. I mean, here they had read about him and talked about him his whole life in the scriptures. And then when he did come, they're like, yeah, we don't, I don't know if we're like, okay with that. Sorry, you don't fit my idea. I mean, yeah, it's, it's rejection. So, totally. And he says that, you know, they rejected the cornerstone. Right. You know, everything that, that our life is founded on um, was rejected. But I know that sometimes when I'll ask him, show you know, give me that place, give me that person, give me that moment. There are many times that they will begin to ask me. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I could see that. You know, I, I can, in this conversation, it's bringing me back to moments where I knew that God was directing my path towards someone in in his capacity, right? Whether that was to talk about him or to provide something and say it was from him, that's you know it. what I mean? That's it. And I and I miss those because either I'm like, is that really you, God? And it's weird because for me, maybe you can tell me if it's if I'm just crazy, but for me, those moments are like it's a burning moment. Does that make sense? Like internally there's a burn that's like you're supposed to be doing this and then when I don't do it because there have been times when I haven't done it it's forever engraved it is and then I'm like what was I thinking what was I so afraid of you know a lot of times they're strangers or or they're not a stranger and and there was an opportunity there to have a legitimate conversation or to um you know to show someone Christ's love and I didn't do it for fear of what man what they might it's think. so stupid. It is. It's so dumb. And why it paralyzes us, I'm not sure. But fear paralyzes, mm-hmm. you know, and the fear of man and what somebody might think so paralyzes us sometimes. And it's 
you know, when we think of it and we talk about it, it seems ridiculous that we would succumb to that. Right. But we have and we do. It's almost more enraging to me now that I, like what you said earlier, like Satan was like, oh, got that one. Now I'm like, oh, you won that battle. Yeah. Like. Yes. Well, I mean, because really when the Lord asks us to do it, what is plan B? Disobedience. <laughs> right. Disobedience. I mean, which that's the Bible what says, happens. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, by the way, that's the as the sin of witchcraft. Okay, yeah. so my plan B is disobedience, which is as the sin of witchcraft, or just obey Christ. Yeah. I mean, just obey Christ. I mean, who knows? We might be the seed. We might be the one, you know, bringing That's in the harvest. Sweet. You know, I can remember, like, going to a convenience store one time, and this lady had on a shirt that said Satan's girl. And What? Yeah, Satan's girl. It was, And I was like, I didn't even they made shirts like that. So, you sure didn't say Santa's, like it was Christmas and you misread <laughs> something that's like... As it took me so off guard, I was like, no, my gosh. And so I left and I heard the Lord say, I want you to go back and I want you to give her something and I want you to tell her that she's not Satan's girl. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I You're like, okay, I'm looking for confrontation today. <laughs> so what's plan B? <laughs> Disobedience and witchcraft. Awesome. You know, and I was like, and then so we make deals with God. Yeah. Okay, God, so if I go by... Can there not be anybody there? Right. You know, because we want to be a one-on-one conversation, yeah. please. And I, so I drove past, and and I heard the spirit of the Lord say, "So you're not going to do it?" <laughs> and I was a like, straight up call out. Yeah. So great. I'm turning around now, you know, and um, and went back and talked to her, and I don't know, I felt better just knowing that I had obeyed, right. Even if I might not have seen like that harvest point right at that moment, just knowing that I can say I didn't keep driving. You did your part. I did my part. I mean, that's all I have to do. Right. I mean, he's the one that ultimately saves him anyway, but he uses us in the process. Right. It's really not our responsibility to save them. It's our responsibility to obey him and and present him. It's up to them. It's up to him. To, to do the rest of the work. And maybe that's another fear that we have, that we fear that we're going to fail in this. It's not what it's about. No. I think that's probably a big part of it is that you feel ill-equipped. Yeah. Like you don't know what you're going to say. Or they're going to ask you a question that you yeah. don't know in the Bible. Right. And I can promise you. Well, the Bible you. says this and, and, yeah. and it does, but you don't know how to like yeah. respond to that. And I know that's so scary. No, I and know it's so scary. He's not going to put us out there to embarrass us and shame us. I mean, he's not going to say, go do that. And I'm going to make sure you're humiliated at the end of it. You know, he doesn't do that. I mean, he's like, I'm sending you because you have something to release to them that I need done. And, And maybe just maybe we're the only one in that moment. And who's to say how many days, months, weeks, or years it might take for somebody else to get up enough courage to release that. And, and who's to say they have that much time left, right? Cause we're not, we're not, given specific dates of our time frame up on this earth. And what if we're the last one? Right. You know, what if we're the one that makes the difference? What if, what if their life, their eternity is forever changed because Because of our obedience? Then the fear doesn't seem as big. You know, it's funny because when we look at certain opportunities for, um, for working for Christ, for God's kingdom, we look at those opportunities and we go, yes. And like you, you just, you can see how God takes your little piece of it and expands it to five people who then expand it to, you know, 25 people who expand it to, you know what I mean? Like it just keeps going and going and going. 
And we like those moments because we we take comfort in knowing that we had some small piece in it. We know that it takes usually seven times for someone to hear something, to be confronted with it in order for them to process that it's not a danger, a scam, uh, you know, all sorts of things like that. It's not a bad thing. Seven times to be confronted with something. What if you're person number seven? That's what I'm saying. What if you're number three? That's okay. That that might mean that they're not going to come to Christ immediately upon your, you know, yeah. the completion of whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing for them. But. And maybe you're the third one that week. Right. And they feel like, you know what? Maybe the Lord's trying to say something to me. Maybe they're a prodigal. That's, you know, maybe they were raised in church, but for whatever reason, they lost their song yeah. along the way, you know. And so. I don't know. Maybe we should be more attuned to what when we hear that as you call it that holy spirit nudge yeah to not be so afraid that he's not going to put us in a position to hurt us and he's not going to put us in a position to hurt him that's it i don't know he's just not you know um one of one of our dearest friends um, he's an evangelist and he's just, he's like my dad. I mean, they're like Batman and Robin when it comes out. To like, <laughs> he's got like, a sidekick. Yeah, they're like the dynamic duo. Um, but I can remember one time he was, he had just um, cut an album. They were so excited. They had got the, you know, the, at that time, the CDs they were mm-hmm. releasing. And they were driving faster because they were excited. And they were just zealous and just passionate about what the Lord was doing in their life. And they topped this hill and there was, you know, a policeman over the top and he come in behind him and he kind of got frustrated. He's like, you know, Lord, I don't understand why I would get pulled over. We're talking about you. We're excited about what you're doing. And we get pulled over by this cop and they were really kind of just bummed. They're as the frustrated. Co- yeah. They were totally frustrated. And as the, the, the policeman is getting out of his car, he heard the spirit of the spirit of the Lord say, I want you to witness to him. And, yeah, tell and, him what I'm doing here. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He said, I want you to tell him that I love him. And he goes, so he's a cop? As if Jesus doesn't know this already. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, um, I, I don't know no if idea. you know how this goes usually, but this dynamic doesn't work <laughs> this, this way. This is not how this goes. Yeah, this is not the time. I mean, isn't it funny? Like, we want to pick the time. Right. You know, and the whole time, um, the Lord is just really prompting him. I want you to tell him that I love him. And he's like, "I, you're really... You really need to really? work. Yeah. Like as he's giving yeah. me my ticket, you want me to Thank like- you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then we'll do something crazy. Like we'll say, God, I just pray that you would send someone. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and he's Ugh. like, you are the someone today. I don't like that. No. And and so he he's like, all right. He just gives in. And he, he said, and he begins to tell, he, he begins to ask the policeman. He said, hey, um, I just feel like I need to tell you that Jesus loves you. And, and the, the cop said, is this your way of trying to get out of the ticket? I haven't heard this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, he said, you have no idea. He said, when you come over the hill, I had a gun to my head. Oh, what? And he said, and I was getting ready to end my life. And he said, and had you not been speeding doesn't give us a reason to speed, but I'm just saying. Yeah. He said, had you not come across that hill. Don't take that as yeah. a... <laughs> he said, um, I, I I would be gone. That's now. crazy. In, in, in literally milliseconds of time, the Lord sent him over the hill. And then he has enough courage to say, Jesus loves you. And 
such an incredible, I mean, pocket of time. Right. It's a big deal. What if he would have just said, you know, God, he's a cop. It's really (laughs) scary. I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself here on this one. Because yeah. because of the office that he carries, you know what I'm saying? He was afraid. Isn't that true? Very I mean, Xerxes and Esther-ish. Yeah. Yes. We get scared um, many times because of... Right. Somebody has some sort of position of authority. It's earthly authority, though. Yeah. And that's scared. not who we're supposed to. No. I mean, we're supposed to obey, but not like, you know, yeah. they're, they're not the final call. No, and it may be doing something for that person, just showing yeah. acts of kindness. It might be giving them something. It might be, you know, those many times can open doors to talk about Jesus. A real conversation. Yeah. That's part of what I wanted to chat about today was, so this whole idea of what does it mean to witness to someone today? Because we live in this society today that's everybody's so isolated away from each other. And I don't mean like by social media. I mean, that's part of it. But I mean like, communities of people are not interacting for fear of cancel, ridicule on all sides, right? Lack of acceptance, all of these things that that people fear. We just talked about this, right? This fear of rejection. And so the safe thing to do is to hold yourself back. So how do we, as Christians living in 2023, how do we reach them effectively? Because they're not listening. I don't feel like they're listening to talk right now. I feel like the world feels like everybody's talking a lot and that there's that talk is cheap sort of mentality. I agree that the acts, the, the, your actions can open doors to conversations later. But how do you witness to, to the people of the world today? And I don't, I mean, yeah, sure, here in Southeast Kansas where we are, but also like, you know, Kansas City or Tulsa or California or Florida or Oregon where there's, you know, life is so very different than what it is here in Southeast Kansas. How do we witness to those people in a way that is truly effective and is not like grading against the hatred that's already there. You know, like this wall that we all have up against people who are different. So I feel like it's so weird how backwards we've gone when it comes to this idea of accepting one another. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I heard one time that we went from a, being a front porch society to a back porch society or not even a porch society at all. Yeah. That's... You know, <laughs> I mean, just an indoor. And, and, you know, years ago, people would be outside on their porches, you know, waving. They were just, you know, people were, were more social, but we didn't have the social okay. media pieces that we have now. So ironic that we call it social media. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. I think many times you can you will live it in front of them, that people will watch you. Um, and you hope know. that they have questions, right? That right, and that they'll be brave enough to ask those questions. I always tell people that sometimes we are the sixty seventh book of the Bible, right? You know, we're the, we're yeah. that because they they may not open one, but they watch and they read our life all the time. 
they read our life and the things that we do, the decisions that we make, the places that we are, the, you know, all of these things, um, how we post on social media, um, and then how we act behind the scenes. Those are all things I think that people watch. They watch, they watch um, everything about you and we don't even realize it. I think one of the biggest pieces that we forget, although you and I have talked about this quite a bit, we know that the world is watching what happens when we fail or when things go badly for us. How do we respond when tragedy is struck or something has happened that's that would be devastating to to anyone? Like, how do we respond to that? And I think they watch us to see, because you know what? I watch other Christians to see. There are There have been friends of mine who have gone through circumstances that I would never want to go through. And I watched them cling to God through the whole. You watched them heal. Yeah. 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 And, and, and hold on to him and never, never turn their backs on him. Never put him down. Never ask why. I mean, they may have asked why, but never in a way that was like disrespectful. Or, you know what I mean? Or like disrespectful to the God that he is. And even as a Christian, watching them go through that, I would, I, I kind of just stand in awe that they would have such faith to to go through something that I, at the time, watching them go through it, not sure that I could have done the same going through that. So I know if I'm watching and taking from that, so are they. And you know, it's it's fascinating to me when people say things like, and for the longest time, I don't think I got this when people say things like. Well, as long as somebody comes to Christ through this, you know, as long as, as long as somebody turns to God, as, as you know what I mean? If, if one person will be affected by the Holy Spirit for, for, from this instance, then that's worth it. And it's just, it's a lot to put on people, Christians, but isn't it true? I mean, like yeah, everything we went through with our Job study mm-hmm. and and beyond all of that, I mean, so many examples, right? Every single one of the apostles did not end life well. I mean, except for John. John, but okay, eleven out of the twelve, okay, or twelve out of thirteen, if we really want to do that. But um, conversation for another time. But but to watch people cling to God through those hardest moments—that is the biggest witness I think that there is is to remember that someone's always watching it is they see where you run to yeah and they watch that and who you celebrate when things go well you know are you patting yourself on the back are you thanking God are you you know what do you do and not superficially gosh pet peeve time real talk time it drives me crazy when people who do not portray any sort of a Christian Christ following lifestyle for the rest of their lives have one moment in front of a, a microphone of any sort. I don't mean like a literal microphone, but you know what I mean? Like, and they're like, I just want to thank God. Really? Anyway, it's my moment for the day. <laughs> Pass that on by, but oh, we want them to thank God. I the, do. In the big and the small. I want them to thank God yeah. like authentically and, and yeah. like yeah. always. Well, it, I think you're so right about that. I think when we thank him in the big things and then the small things and the hard things and the good things, you know, whether we be in the valley or on the mountain or wherever right. we are, 
that when our heart is always our posture is toward him, then people start paying attention. You know what I'm saying? If you Sometimes you can even, you might talk about maybe something that you walk through and you maybe end it with, but if it had not been for the Lord, right. that was on my side. You know, David said, you know, had I not known that I would see the goodness of God, he said, I, I would not have survived. Right. But he had that hope, you know, and when we walk through these things and, you know, when people see that our, that our life is constantly turned toward him and that he's the one who brings us out, he's the one who brought us through. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. And when that is the consistency that comes out of our voice and that's the sound that comes out of our life. People will hear that. Right. More than any words, I think. Yeah. And that might open doors to for words. Yes. I don't know if I'm sure you have too, but like growing up, I say growing up, my my 20s really, so growing up, you know. The um one of the things that was talked about a lot was this idea of building relationships with people like don't just try to like and I say that but like there are times when God calls you to to go talk to someone you don't know but most of the time the people that you're going to have the most influence with are going to be people who know you and that's because they're watching your life like what everything we just talked about but building those relationships is so important and I that's one of the scariest pieces of this isolated world where we're all put off in our own corners with our groups because nobody's talking and that means that there's no relationships you know jesus ate with sinners yeah i mean we always throw out the tax collector but like we're also talking prostitutes adulterers like murderers that that he was and i'm not like saying like going out with you know the dangerous people but what i am saying is that he built relationships and that those people came because of that full circle because of this relationship yeah. and the way that he loved them yes well i think many times that when they know that you love them ultimately right you can speak it into their life just so much it does like i could say something to somebody that you know mm -hmm. and not it not carry the same weight as when you speak into their life because they know you and they know that you love them you know um there are things my Aunt Glenda is uh, my, obviously my aunt, but she's my mentor. She's my spiritual mentor, and she's taught me so many things. But there are things that my Aunt Glenda could say to me. Right. That Nobody somebody else, else could say. Me, yeah. <laughs> but I know that she loves me deeply, and she can be very true. Oh, no, wait a minute. Is this one of those conversations that starts? Now, you know I love you. I'm but, saying this because I love you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. You know, she never um, watered anything down. Because I was her niece. Right. Um, many times it was probably um, the opposite. I mean, she would just tell me. I knew that what she told me was the truth. Yeah. I could swallow it a little bit better. I could take it. Um, and I believe it, it, it probably tempered me as a person um, and kept me right on the right, the right path. But I, I seen her walk through hard things and still hang on to Jesus. I think that's probably one of the biggest things is people seeing you walk through tough things. You know, because we can walk through great things yeah. and say, Jesus did that. And that's great. Right. Because he does do that. Yes. But I think people really watch you when you walk through hard things and still cling to him mm -hmm. and still know that, you know, things may not always go right in life because they won't. Right. 
it just doesn't work but i don't run away from jesus in the midst of it i don't go that's your fault i'm gonna leave now you know i cannot imagine like truthfully if if i did not have god in my life if i didn't have the grace of god in my life the people who don't have that hope i will never understand how they make it i mean I'm going to guess that that has a lot to do with the way that our society just kind of is today's this hopelessness that that there's nothing bigger than than you, nothing beyond yourself, nothing that's um that's worth everything. I don't know, cuz life does get hard. It does. Well, that's why the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yes. You know, that's Truly. you know, and we see a lot I feel, maybe I'm wrong, but in my opinion, I see a lot of depression mm-hmm. um, in our world today. You know, yeah. it, you know, if you ever followed Job's life or even Elijah, I mean, many of the, what we call, you know, fathers of the faith yeah. or, you know, these. The Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. They had, they walked through these things. And even, even David, when he would talk to himself, sometimes he would be like, oh, soul, why are you cast down within me? Right. But then he would say, but hope in God, hope in God. He had that peace. You know, sometimes if we walk through something and you don't have that, but hope in God peace. Right. That's when you run away. Changes everything. Yeah. That's when you walk away. That's when you say it's over. That's when you say, I can't do this anymore. And we try to reach for things that will never help us. Right. You know, which is, I mean, that's when you depend on somebody to make you happy. It's never going to work. No. You know, your spouse can't nope. do that and your children can't nope. perfectly make you, you know what I mean? They cannot. They can't. They can't be all that there is. You know, many times we'll waste a lot of time thinking that those things will do those things right. for us and they, they won't. Ultimately, we'll have to come. Right. Around. Sometimes we all need reminders on those things. Yeah. I get them. I mean, which is another, you know, this whole thing being about how do you, how do you witness to to the world today, you came in and you shared a clip with me, a, a, a video of um, Penn. I don't know his last name. What's his last name? Okay. Penn from Penn and Teller. Okay. We'll put that out there. Um, and we'll share this on the Facebook page. But, um, oh dear. Penn Gillette. Um, yeah. So Penn and Teller Penn. And, and he's an atheist. He has been for, I mean, we, his public life. He's always been an atheist. But um, Judy came in and had a video of um, him talking about a person who came up after a show and was, he said it so many times that it must have been important to him that the guy was nice, looked him in the eye, wasn't judgmental, right, genuine, authentic, really cared, was very gracious and and very like had lots of kind things to say about his show and his like just in general just a kind person that he was and he he felt like well and he threw out the word sane a few times which is funny that like he was not an insane person um but this person came up and gave him a bible that at least includes the book of psalms because he talks about that and and hen not so much talking about the biblical aspect of what this guy gave him but says what he he said um that he expects everybody if you believe that there's a heaven and a hell that you should be out there telling people yeah you should and 
how did he say that? He said, if you, be- if you sincerely believe that there's a heaven and a hell, he said that would be equivalent of if you see somebody getting ready to be hit by a, a Mack truck. Right, right. That was his example. Yeah. And, and you don't move that person. Right. And he even said, like, I'm going to talk to you for a while and tell you there's a yeah. truck coming. Hey, there's yeah. a truck coming. But eventually I'm going to tackle you yeah. to get you out of the way of the truck. Yeah. And he said he was actually. I'm not recommending you on my tackle. <laughs> Start <laughs> listening to me. bro. Yeah. He, he was actually talking about how he, he expected you to be able to, to witness to somebody if this is what you truly believe. And he, and he was really. Well, he says, how much do you have to hate someone? Yes. How much do you have to hate somebody for to not tell them about this? And he said, because of social, um, just fear. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He said. Oh, he said, because it could, because it might be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because of social uncomfortableness. Yeah. That you don't tell somebody about Jesus, but you sincerely believe that there's a heaven and a hell. And you sincerely believe that they don't know Jesus, that they'll go to hell, to a hell that they could never come out of. But you don't tell them because you're afraid of being socially. Because you're afraid of being uncomfortable in their presence. Thank you. For just a little bit. I don't want that on me. Man. So here's, and as we were watching this, I said I had to write this down because otherwise I would forget. So I don't remember if it was a CIY um, experience back when I was in high school or if it was um, Brian Ingalls, my, my youth minister from back in the day. I don't remember who said it. but Somebody gave this example. Let's say. That And this is a very, like, this is not biblical, okay, as far as, like, the specifics of what I'm about to say. But it's a good image to have in your mind because ultimately it kind of is. That's kind of a convoluted roundabout thing. But so he said, imagine that you are in your, it's judgment day, okay, judgment day. We're all waiting, right? And we're being separated, this line, this line, that's, and, you know, it's judgment day. And you get to the point where like your friends are coming up for their judgment time and you're, you already know, like you're good. You're, you know, you have this relationship. Christ has died for you. You know that you've accepted that you're, you're, you're in, you're in heaven. Okay. But your friends come up and they're literally like, Jesus says, I don't, I don't, I don't know this one. And they say, but Megan's over there. Megan, like my friend, like I, she's right there. Like she knows me, you, you know me. And, and then what if it happens? It, it won't happen. But what if it's your job to push them in to the fires of hell? Wow. Because you didn't want to be uncomfortable. Wow. Because you thought that you were going to be rejected. Isn't it crazy that we allow something like fear to keep us from reaching out to the people that we love the most? The people that we say we love. Yeah. Thank you. Say we love. Because it seems kind of like a no-brainer to save somebody from a Mack truck, but to save them from... From eternity in hell. Eternity in hell. Like no turning back. Like there's no way out. There's, I mean, I can't come out of this, you know. I might be about to make some people mad and if and if you're mad it's because you're convicted and that's okay i'm fine with that the parents who don't take their kids to church because their kids want to sleep in thank you or their kids aren't interested it's not exciting it's not entertaining they just don't want to go but you force them to go to school right 
you force them to potentially get a job. They go into college, they get a you know, career. You force them to learn how to drive. You, you know, but you're not going to take them to church. Thank you. You know, uh, something that we always say is that one generation's compromise is another generation's captivity. Yeah. Which it is. Yeah. Because you see, even in the Bible, he would tell them, do not forget to tell your children about yeah, me. Raise them up and... Yeah. yeah. Tell them, you know, when you're sitting down, tell them when you're standing up, tell them about me. Yeah. You know, um, don't because be afraid. such short-term memories Isn't it? as people. You know, don't be afraid to tell your family about God. Don't be afraid. You know, my dad still tells me, he will call me to tell me stories about what the Lord has done. You know what I'm saying? He will call and tell me that Judy would not believe what the Lord did this week. Man, this person got saved or this person got healed. And this is so incredible. And, you know, I, I find myself and I'll be sending my kids, you know, I'll send them, you know, video clips of the Lord, you know, doing yeah. just what he does. I'll, I'll send videos of people being healed or people's being saved or whatever it is. And, and you know what now, and they'll just, here's the thing. They will sit there and they will watch and they will be moved just like I am. But, you know, sometimes we even let fear keep us from telling our children right. about the things of the Lord. Who who else? Who else are you going to tell? Thank you. I mean, we have a responsibility. Yeah. Yes. As a parent, it legitimately is your responsibility. Yeah. He has given them to you. That's it. And he says, Train them up in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. You know, here's the thing. I want my kids to love Jesus. I want them to have a personal relationship with Jesus. They have to go through the same process I did. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and it's so funny that we think that we're saving them something. Not we. I mean. Yeah. But there, I, I know that there are people who are like. Who just aren't. Don't agree with. Yeah. My convictions on this. That. Like. Some part of you, you know, you will reap what you what you will sow. You will sow what you will reap. Dice, flip that. You'll reap what you sow. Yeah. Um. What you put into your to your family, to the people that you That's love, it. and at some point there's going to be some sort of accountability on you. And you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't go. That you are out of heaven. It's not what that means. But it does affect your inheritance there. It does. I think we forget that. Yeah. Well, you know, and if the kids, if your kids see you witnessing, talking about good things about God, they're going to. Right. They're going to. It's just going to be part yeah. of their world. Yeah. I can remember going to the jails with my dad. And it wasn't but a hot second. <sighs> well, we're in the waiting room getting ready to be called back to the place that we can minister. And my dad had already talked to the person next to them about Jesus. Like, seriously, in the waiting room. And He's my mom just mission. smiles. Yeah, he, she just smiles. You know what I'm saying? Because um, she knows. Yeah. And I knew it was just a matter, literally, because this is so a part of who my dad is. I knew that it would be a, literally a matter of minutes before somebody that was near him he will have witnessed to he'll talk to him yeah he's just not afraid i've seen people reject him 
I've seen yeah. it dis- him be disheartened, but it never stopped him from doing it again. I was going to say, how does he handle that? He, it hurts. Would he mind I, you talking about this? On, like talking about how he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, no, he'll be good. Okay. Um, I can remember one time my dad went to a convenience store and they, this person literally rejected him in such a tough way. And it, I can remember like my dad's heart was kind of, Aww. kind of broken, you yeah. know, cause he was like, man, they just really don't know that he's really that good, right. you know? And so even then, like it wasn't about him. Yeah. And he knew, but his heart was just kind of broken for them. And, and I know that he, that he prayed for them, right? but it didn't stop him from the next time he stopped somewhere that he was going to tell them about, about the Lord in some way where it could be as small as, um, God is good. You know, he was telling us one time, and I can remember this as a, as a young girl, um, we live so far out in the country that if you were coming to our houses because you knew us or you were completely lost. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, there was a, a, a gentleman that he had gotten stuck in one of we, it's all dirt roads back there. And he had gotten stuck and my dad came upon him and, um, he got his rope out and he broke his rope and he retied it and he pu- finally got him pulled out. And the gentleman, um, he thanked him and told him how grateful he was. And he offered, you know, to, to pay my dad and, and my dad said, no, he said, don't worry about it. He said, um, God's just been really good to me. He said, God's been good to me. And that's all my dad said. A year later, a year later, this gentleman, his wife and his children came up to my dad, found, came back to this place in the middle of nowhere and said, hey, do you remember me? And my dad kind of looked at him. He said, you pulled me out of the ditch last year. And he said, oh, yeah, I remember. And he said, do you remember what you said to me? And he said, I think I said that God had been really good to me. And he said, yeah. He said, you did. And he said, that meant so much to me. I went home. I took my family to church. And every one of us are now saved and living for Jesus. Yeah. All because he said, God has been good to me. (laughs) Like that was real hard. Yeah. Really putting himself out there. One phrase. But he got to be the the harvest piece. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, he got to be that. And the Lord was so good to bring it around and say, hey, I just want you to know. That is the coolest part Isn't when it? you get to see the results of what you've done. Like, you know, there have been moments now from from my life where I've had students now for a lot of years um, and some that have been out of school for a long time. Like I've had former students, you know, babysit my daughter when she was little because they were already like in college. Like that's, you know, yeah. But hearing from them that even when I was teaching in a public school where I wasn't, quote unquote, allowed to um, to really share much of that, they still see it in the way you live. And it, you know what? It just comes out. It doesn't mean that you're out there like preaching a message every time you get up and talk to them. But it's in the small things. Like, and, you know... When they're having a hard day, being the one who's who's there with them, just telling them that you're praying for them. Like, because I might not be able to like tell you all about Jesus, but if I see you out and about in the community and you are struggling with something or something incredible is coming up and you are like excited for it. And for me to just be able to say that I'm praying for you meant something to those kids. It's really cool to see that now as I'm older and they're older, 
And, you know, sometimes I think we we just don't realize what our role is, really. I mean, not like what our role is, but we don't see the impact because we don't, you don't always get to keep in touch like that. Um, Like that guy, you know, came back to, yeah. to share, which yeah. is just the coolest thing. Right. Just the coolest thing. But God has a plan for everything. Listen, where I am today, where I'm teaching today, God had a purpose and a plan in putting me there. And not just me, but my daughter. Like everything worked out because of each step along the way. You know, when we started, um, my daughter joined up in a play that that our church, Tyro, was putting on. We had just started going to church there. It wasn't like, it wasn't like we were like, okay, we're going to go to church. We're going to go to school there. We're going to do, you know, all like, it wasn't like we had this big checklist of things, but it was like God had these individual steps. And once we met that step, then there was something else coming. And each step was made so very clear. It's like that for a lot of people. It's not like a bam, like big bang theory type of salvation story, right? There are little steps along the way for everything. And you might be one of the little steps. You might be, and it might be somebody you work with. Yeah. It may be somebody that you wait on. It might and, be someone you pull out of a ditch. Thank you. <laughs> it might be somebody you I pull mean, out of a ditch, really. Yeah. Literally. And you just don't ever like diminish the role that you play, the the phrase that you say. Yeah. You know, even something as small as the hat that you wear, the shirt that you, yeah. you know, that you have something about Jesus on your shirt, because there may be somebody around you that I'm, needs that, right? It's so funny. Like, as soon as you said that, it reminded me of this shirt that some of my students have got now. Re- very recent. They saw it on social media somewhere. They randomly just started buying it because, like, it's really cool, though, and I kind of want one. But on the back, it says, dear person behind me. And it has, like, this whole, like, um, you know, I love you. I'm I'm praying for you. God love you. You know, like, all this stuff. And it says... um signed the person wearing this shirt or whatever and on the front it just says i love you that's a fantastic message for anybody who is reading it but it's also a fantastic conversation starter it is i love um you know we just i just bought a t-shirt for the boys that's called jesus and the 12 the salvation tour (laughs) and it's got all the places on the back that jesus went Awesome. It's, I want that shirt. I know. It's so, I want it too. I, I feel like I, it's a concert shirt that I need to have. It is such a concert shirt and I, I got it in a size that I could wear it too. Sweet. Maybe they won't We notice. won't. We won't share that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the things that you wear, maybe it's a cross, you yeah. know, maybe it's your hoodie, maybe it's your t-shirt, maybe it's the hat, maybe it's a bracelet, whatever it is that you have that somebody could say, you know what, I think Yeah. that they just might love Jesus, or that, you know what, I've heard them say that I'll be praying for you, right. or I heard them say that God has been good, or God's really good to me. You know, those are many times like entry points for conversations or access points, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're a place in, it's a way in. And I think if we will just ask the Lord and say, God, please just give me that place. Give yeah. me that place, that person to talk to. You know what? I promise he has somebody that we can he talk will. to. And you know, I think one of the well, one of the things that makes it so scary, maybe, but a lot of times God will use our places of vulnerability to yeah, yeah. make a big impact on somebody else's life. Like I, um, 
well, we've talked about this, like our divorce stories have proven to be huge ministerial opportunities. Like not that like you ever look back on that and go, yay, like that was, you know, but God can take all things and make it good. And wow, when he can make it good, he makes it so good. So even when it's the hardest, the hardest part of your life, the things that you think you're never going to go through and then you end up going through them and you're like, this was never part of my my plan. No. You know, God can take that. And if you let him, yes. he will use that for somebody else. So like he'll bring you through it and it will be amazing if you cling to him and you hold on to him. You'll come through on the other side and you'll look back and it still might not be your favorite story to tell, but you'll see how God brought you through that. And even more amazing is how he will sometimes use those things. It is. It's so amazing. You know, I always tell people that some of the things that I, that we walk through may not be for everyone. Right. But we certainly hope not. Right. Right. Uh. But my scars uniquely qualify me for right. other people. Yep. And we can a, reach people that other people may not have the ability yes. to do that. I've seen people say, oh, so you understand. Yes. Yes. So you understand, you know, and yeah, I've seen that more often than not. You know, when I've walked through things, I've always searched for people that maybe have walked through that and come right. out of the other side and still loving Jesus. Right. You know, and I find people who do the same. Right. With me or with you or, you know, they want to know that I can survive. That God's still on the other side. Yeah, that he's still there. Yes. He's not. This isn't yeah. the one where he walks away. Yeah. Isn't that amazing that um, we can't get away from him? <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, he doesn't leave us. Right. Um, you know, the other day we were singing at church that he doesn't leave us, so I'm not leaving him. Yeah. And I'm not walking away. I. I it's not worth losing. And even if you haven't had some sort of a, a traumatic life right. story, like awesome, like praise God for that. Because I sometimes feel like, especially those who've grown up in a in a Christian home, they get to the adult life and they're like, I've just been boring. I, and I'm like, what a blessing. Right. What a blessing to quote unquote be boring. I know, and they somehow think that they don't have a testimony. I'm like the right. testimony that you've been kept. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so cool to... and. I see this actually a lot with my students who are just like, I don't have anything to share. No, you do. You have this amazing story of how God has, how you've always relied on him and how you've seen him work in your families. And yeah, it's just such a cool, like there's no need for comparison in any of this. And speaking of like people who can reach people that, you know, like everybody has this calling. That's maybe why God is telling you to go talk to that person because you have the story that they need. And it reminds me of this, that concert that I put on at, when we were doing City Rock Fest. And the people who show up to those Christian rock concerts are not always Christians. They like the rock music. And so they come and like, sometimes they have no clue that they're Christian bands. And and until like they legitimately listen to the lyrics, which is funny to me because that, like how many people enjoy music and don't actually take it in, which could be said for, you know, Satan's team of things, I suppose, too. But um, but these 
Christian artists out there who are putting out these this rock music that um, that appeals to, you know, a secular audience. I had a gentleman one time totally judge the band as being not Christian because of the type of music that they were playing. I hate it when people say like it's Satan's music. This is a whole other pedestal. I'm like, why give Satan any kind of glory that he owns some kind of music? Like that's, have you read Psalms? Like, like, you know, I like, I, I just get a little bit like, I think probably because music's such a love for me that I get kind of like, no, don't give him that. Don't give him that glory Thank of you. any of it. Like he doesn't own, own that. Anything. That's not his. He doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and I remember saying to this gentleman, those kids in there that are screaming right now, they're reaching people that you and I will never be able to reach because they'll look at us and go, you are wearing a fur coat and you are, you know, presenting yourself in a certain way. And you might be able to reach certain people who those guys would never be able to reach. But God has a purpose for each of us and a plan for each of us. And so take your stories, guys, like take your stories and be vulnerable and share it out because God's going to use you. He's going to use you. And if he doesn't use you, he's going to use someone else. Like I had a um, a co-minister for a while who loved Esther, the story of Esther. She loved that story, right? For a time such as, as this. And, and she had this quote that she just kind of threw out all the time, like, God has a purpose for your life. And if you choose not to take your part in that purpose, then somebody else will. And you're going to miss out. He's okay. he, It's going to happen. He's going to have somebody do it. It's supposed to be you. If why you choose not, not to. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? Don't let the fear hold you back. Yeah. Don't let the fear, because ultimately that fear, just like Penn said, ironically how those atheists throw out truth it's true but if you love someone and you truly believe that there's a heaven and a hell what are you doing if you don't share it and it makes me wonder how many times he seen people not share Mm -hmm. because of that and that maybe like like the people who claim to be christians but have never talked to him yeah or wouldn't talk to him right because he says he's an atheist yeah like they've just written him off as a lost Mm -hmm. cause Mm -hmm. it's not true guys god can save anybody he can I don't know how many people in my life that used to be evangelical atheists. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I had to wrap my mind around yeah, that. Yeah, I know, right? Um, very, uh, you know. Very vocal in there. Outspoken, yeah. yeah had a few of those, yeah. Yep. And then the Lord in literally seconds saves them and sets them free. He can do amazing literally. things. I mean, literally, the truth sets them free. Sets them free, and they're never the same. And they, I'm going to tell you, those people, they don't go to heaven without people. Right. We should never go to heaven without people coming right. with us. I mean, the only thing we can take to heaven is somebody else. Yeah. So let's make True. it crowded. Wow. I like that. You know, um, I have a shirt that I bought for my dad that says, make heaven crowded. <laughs> I like that. Standing room only. Standing room only, because my dad, he'll, he'll be the guy. He'll oh. be the guy that makes heaven crowded. Um. And then I, I bought love my, that. What a testimony. I know. I know. What and a testimony. So I'm, I bought myself one too because I'm, I'm hoping like to be it. that way. You know, I, I want to meet your dad. I feel like 
I feel like he should come on the show. <laughs> he, you know, I'm telling you, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I, him and, and our evangelist, Brother Hinton, they went everywhere. Um, I, Brother Hinton, he's very evangelical. He's not afraid of anything or anyone. I, I don't think that fear of social anything bothers it's him. Just not part it's of just his. not part of their DNA, <laughs> him or my dad. So you put them both together and yeah. watch out world. I mean, they will, my dad will go up underneath vehicles and talk to them about Jesus because they can't get out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he's like a mechanic. Well, so he'll come go, to you. <laughs> yeah. He, he will literally be up underneath there helping them with the transmission, talking That's about fantastic. Jesus. Yeah. I, and one of my favorite stories of Brother Hinton one time is he was in Walmart and this young teenage boy began to witness to him oh. about Jesus. And he's an evangelist. <laughs> awesome. He goes all over the world. He says that's that God awesome. called me to the cowboys and the Indians and the cops and the robbers. That's who he called me to. Everybody. And everybody. And he's going along and the boy's just witnessing to him and he's just listening. And he's and finally they're in Walmart and the and this young man says, Can I pray with you? And Brother Hinton said, for, yes, for sure, you can pray with me. And this young man is praying, and he's like, thank you, Jesus, amen. You know, and he's just throwing this out there, and the young boy looks up at him, and he goes, you're, you're already praying. saved? And he said, yeah, but I thought you needed the practice. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? And it was just the sweetest thing. And um, But it, that this young man had enough courage. No kidding. Because Brother Hinton is six foot seven. Oh, wow. No wonder he's not afraid of anyone. Thank you. Yeah. So can you imagine a young man, a young teenage boy Aww, coming up to a cool. six foot seven and he wasn't Somebody a followed that moment. Birdie. Yeah. And that he allowed him to walk through that. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So our takeaway for today, I, I think a challenge for yeah. this week, right? Yeah. It's been a long time since we've done this and a good challenge is, I just, I don't know. It's something that helps keep me focused throughout the week. So put it out to you guys too i think and you can add to this change it whatever but pray for those moments that's it what did you say you said something earlier about how like to pray for the moments and, and that you would step into it how did you word that you had a very nice way of saying that earlier i don't know he would give us those those opportune times those really divine moments is what right. he gives us and that we would step in into that right. you know he's not He's going to take care of you. He is. He is. And you know, and when we ask him, hey, God, is there somebody that we can talk to today for you? Like, is there somebody this week? Could you just put them in? This is what I do. I'm like, could you put them in my path? I don't even care. Make it obvious. Make it obvious. Like, have them ask me a question. Right. Have them do that. You know, because sometimes that's our hardest part. Like, we think we have to start this. Seriously, is God so, like, I mean, if he can do anything, then he can have them come to you. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's he true. can have them come to you. And they will be like, hey, can you tell me about God? I've had people reach out through social media. They'll be like, hey, could you tell me about God? Yeah. Ask God for those moments. He's big enough. I like it. I like it. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it. Let's make heaven crowded. I like that. All right, guys. We will see He talk to you. Whatever this is. It's a podcast. You don't see us. Um, we will talk to you next week. And we may have a little surprise coming in the line. We'll see how that goes. Bye, guys. Have a great week.